everyone. This is Brandon, and welcome to today's episode of the Brands Corner Podcast. I'm really excited to speak with all of you here today. So today, I'm very happy to have my guest for today, Hank Tran. Thank you so much for being here today. No problem. Oh, yeah. And so I did want to, first of all, start by asking, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's Thursday, and I just want to get through to the weekend. It's the Thursday after July 4th, so we're all like struggling to get to the end of the week. But otherwise, I'm good. That's great to hear. And I definitely completely understand that, especially at least in the way I see it sometimes, is that in the summer, Thursday is like the new Friday. It's just the we just need to get through Thursday and, yeah, the week yep. just finishes from there, even though we have the real Friday afterwards, but I don't count that. Yep. But before we go ahead and get started with the interview, I did want to go ahead and allow an opportunity for you to go ahead and introduce yourself to the listening audience. Sure. So my name is Hang Tran. I was born and raised in Virginia Beach. I went to Old Dominion University in Norfolk. I studied communications. And after college, I moved up to the Washington, D.C. area. I worked at a PR agency slash communications firm for nearly three years. I worked with maybe a dozen nonprofits, foundations, think tanks. I did everything between social media. I ran a few social media accounts. I did a lot of webinars, events, uh, overall communications planning. And then after that, I'm at my new place now where I work for a department of energy client, basically a laboratory based out of the DOE. And I do internal communications now. I live up in Rockville, Maryland with my fiance. And that's it. That's the highlights. That is really great to hear. And first of all, I actually am curious as to what really got you into the whole public relations, strategic communications field overall. So that is an interesting story because I originally went to ODU as a computer science major. That was what my parents told me to do. And I, even though I had taken AP computer science in high school and completely failed it, I actually, I got an E in the course in high school, my senior year. I, for some reason, decided to still major in it. After that first semester where I failed whatever intro to computer science course I took, I explored other options and communications was one of them. And one of the classes I decided to take was intro to PR. And I think my first day looking over the assignments and what to do and like really learning more about what PR is and what what it entails. I realized I had been doing it my whole life. My parents ran a, my parents owned a nail salon since I was maybe three or four years old in Virginia Beach. And I realized I had been doing a lot of PR and marketing for them without even knowing without without really an option, but I was already doing a lot of it anyways. And I realized I was good at it. I liked it. And it's apparently a career. I was interested in PR and communication since that very first class. And I've never looked back. Wow. That's really great to hear that that one class really helped yeah, help you determine, hey, this is what I want to do. And even though there were different factors in there, such as, yeah, of course, you said doing the PR skills for your parents' nail salon. Still the fact that, yeah, I mean, that a class was able to really like help show you what you wanted to do. It always amazes me, the impact of education. 
Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize how much, how important it is to actually like what you're studying. And people don't realize that it's possible without taking like silly elective courses such as art or pottery or something. There are interesting things to learn about. Like some people really like history because history is interesting. Some people really like math. I'm not one of those people, but I really liked PR and learning about case studies where PR was really critical. Like for me, what is the most interesting thing about PR is that it is, it's like the underdog of basically consumerism, essentially. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of different PR case studies essentially on everyday items and products and how we do things. There's a classic example of a Kleenex. You call it a Kleenex instead of like a tissue. That's marketing. That's PR. That's branding. Or a Coke. Some countries, I think in the South, call all soda Coke. That's powerful marketing right there. (laughs) Or uh, there's just like a ton of like really good case studies. And the first one that I was interested in was the one that is most often taught in PR classes is the classic case of the Tylenol poisonings when back in the, I don't know, 70s, 80s, maybe somebody was out there poisoning people through Thailand bottles. And this was back when they didn't have the seals on them. So a classic case of Tylenol took off all of their products from the shelves and then they came up and they developed the seal. And that was viewed as like the best, one of the best PR cases ever because they lost money trying to prove to their consumers that they care about their consumers. So I really love that aspect of PR. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's very realistic. Like the work that you do in PR can very easily translate into your real life, quote unquote, outside of work. And I think that's why I really love it. In fact, at my last job, we focused on public health. And one of my streams of work was racism and the effects of racism and discrimination on your health. And so you can see how 2020 was an interesting year for me because I did public health and then I did discrimination and the effects of people's health. So it was very surreal to be working on things that were directly impacting my life and everyone else's life at the time, at least in the U.S. So I I think that's why I've always loved PR and I, I don't expect to go anywhere else outside of this. That's really interesting. And Especially like considering like how much it truly does impact your life. And as you mentioned with the case studies, yeah, I know a lot of people probably think, oh, okay, yeah, public relations is just that thing that you need to do from time to time. But it really is something that, you know, all around you, you always need it for so many, so much different stuff. And, and so it's really helpful to be able to be knowledgeable in that and know your background, but also to that. Yeah, the fact that, as you mentioned, just impacts your personal life as well. Yeah, definitely. And so out of curiosity, what, so I guess, how was the process for you between finishing graduating your time at Old Dominion University and then finding that initial job that you had for, I believe you said three years? Yeah, yeah, it was three years. What was funny is I kept telling people throughout college that networking is key like it's who like in the PR field that's how you get jobs you have to know somebody hiring and you have to get your name and your face out there but the irony of that is I got my job based on a cold email I was just googling communications firms in DC I was just it was actually like maybe 1am like you when you after you graduate you're just job searching in your sleep basically and you're just sending your resume and cover letter to anyone that has an email or any application 
platform. I remember looking up health communications. At the time, I had just interviewed for a position at Anthem Healthcare, and I realized in that interview process, I actually really, really liked health communications. It's very relatable for me. So I was Googling health communications and health communications firm in DC. And then I just found the company and I just sent them an email. I think they had a job opening for entry level and I just sent them an email with my cover letter, my resume, and then I was asked to interview and that was it. So I I didn't know anyone part of them. I didn't know any of their clients. I had no connection to, to this place at all. And I was just able to do like a cold email basically and get hired, which was really fortunate for me. So it I graduated this in December and I think I got the job in end of March and I started in April. So it was about three months of fun employment. So not too long. Wow. But even still, at least you're able to find something within your major and something that, yeah, that it seems like you really enjoy doing. Yeah. And I forgot to mention during that time, I was also freelancing. So I was able to so throughout college, I was part of the Public Relations Student Society of America. I was the president at the ODU chapter, and I was very close with Brendan O'Hara. As you and I both know, he's kind of a, a very tall, wild man. And he introduced me to a lot of PR people, working PR professionals in the Norfolk area. And one of them was really impressed with me, or she was, for some reason, very interested in me. I'm not sure why. And she had asked me if I was taking on work essentially. And I was still in school at the time. And I was like, I don't know how to do work for real, but sure. Yeah. And then, so I just did some list building for her. And then she was like, okay, send me your invoice. I'm like, I don't, what? <laughs> I don't know how to send an invoice. What's my rate? I don't know. So I made like a QuickBooks account or something or free books or something like that, sent her this invoice. And then, so I worked with her for a couple, I only did a couple hours of work for her probably in my last semester. And then she had a friend in Colorado who does beer PR, and he's really interesting. He's a really cool guy. I think his name is Marty. I can't remember his last name, but so he does beer PR, and she was really close with him, and he needed some freelance work. So I ended up doing some freelance work for him as well. So I worked with both of them in the three months between graduation and actually finding a job. I was able to help them with some list building, some research. I didn't do any pitching myself, but at least that was able to keep me occupied and actually give me like a taste of what real PR looks like, because that's one of the first things you do when you go to an agency, you just build lists all day and you just stalk people to find their emails. So it gave me um, a good sample of my future. Wow. That's quite interesting. And although, but one of the last things you said actually brought up a good point in the sense of yeah, a lot of times, like you do all of this work and all of the studying to get into the field, and but yet it's you don't really know what to expect, really. Yeah, PR classes. There's this, there's like a theory of what you do, and then you learn about the history of it, and you learn about how to approach it. There's like plans that you pretend to develop, and organizations that you pretend to work for, but there's nothing like the actual experience of getting in there and doing the work and drafting materials that are actually going to be public somewhere that people are going to see that people have to approve that's actually going to go live. I remember like the thrill of writing my first tweets that were going to be public because to me that was a big deal. I was like writing tweets that were actually 
going to go somewhere. And it doesn't matter that nobody knew that I wrote them. It's just the fact that I wrote them. And that was that was my first month there. And then maybe a year later, I was completely running those social media accounts by myself. I was drafting all the content, scheduling it, doing everything. So there's nothing a class can really teach you about the actual experience of it. And it's very fun. Like being able to work in PR and communications is very fun because it's very outward facing for the most part. If you're doing external communications, a lot of my job was media relations. I was speaking to reporters. I remember I I was pitching for a think tank that did a lot of research for healthcare and health insurance. And I was pitching to the San Francisco Chronicle. And I remember this was back in when we were in offices in 2019. But I remember the reporter calling me and I picked up the phone I, and nobody called me. I'm just like entry level 20 something year old. And she called me and she goes, hi, this is blah, blah, blah from San Francisco Chronicle. And I'm like, oh my God, I have a reporter calling me. Like, what do I do? And so I was like trying to think on my feet, but I was just like, oh my God, a reporter just called me. I'm talking to her actual reporter. And she just wanted me to confirm something. And it was luckily it was easy, but I was almost freaked out. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm talking to people. And I remember like I, I was able to pitch and place a lot of stories in like the New York Times, the Washington Post. I remember my first um and and it's like physical things that you can show people. Like I was able to send a link to my friends and stuff. Like I helped place the story. I didn't write the story, but I gave the idea or the information to the reporter. And that's really exciting. I remember even in yeah, in 20, 2019, I remember my clients' data and research were being used in Elizabeth Warren's proposal for healthcare reform in her presidential her presidential run. Like she was preparing stuff and she was her platform. That was really exciting. I was able to share with people like, look, this is some stuff that I did. And based off because of the media re- relations that we did, the media outreach, like it got to Elizabeth Warren. And that that was one of the most like rewarding things ever. Wow, that is extreme, especially that last part. That is extremely impressive to say that something you did reached a yeah, a current un- United States senator and uh, then presidential candidate. Yeah. I don't know what constitutes bragging rights more than that, but. I, I have one more story, and it's one of my favorite works was in my discrimination work. We called it translating research because I basically got to work with these really really incredibly intelligent researchers doing work around the effects of discrimination and racism on health, one of them being David Williams, Dr. David Williams from Harvard, one of the smartest people ever in the world and also scared the crap out of me. And it was just so smart. And he is, we called him the most cited professor, like the most cited academic in the world of health and social determinants of health in One of the researchers that I got to work with, Dolores Acevedo Garcia, she is out of Brandeis University, and she has a lot of experience with housing policy. So again, this is something very relevant, like housing policy is was really hot right now, but it's also hot back then in 2019, 2020. So she put out some data and some report about child poverty, basically, and that data went to AOC, Alessandria Ortez, I can, I can never remember her name. You're going to have to bleep that out. But it went to AOC and she cited the report in a statement on the Congress floor. Like I have a clip. There's a clip that we bookmarked of her actually citing that work. We were like running around screaming. It was so exciting. So that was one of the most rewarding things that I was able to work on in my last job. And that's part of the reason why I love PR so much, especially media relations. So 
that's that's my last like that's so amazing though and out of curiosity like when did you find out that yeah, you know, some of your research was cited on the Congress floor. Was it like a text message or like a, hey, look at this? Or how did you find out about that? I, it was an email. And so I was working at a firm. So we're always one step removed from the actual work itself. Like we're a firm helping an organization or a nonprofit with their work. And somehow maybe someone was listening to her speech. It was like live live streamed or something so someone was listening to it and then it just spread like a rumor basically and then it got to the researcher dolores and then she emailed it to her communications person and then they emailed it to us and then we found it so it was like somebody just happened to be listening to her and happened to know dolores and that was one of the hardest things is it's really hard to track your work because it's it's just not, it's hard to track. Like Elizabeth Warren, we never knew exactly how she found it. Obviously, probably from a staffer who was reading and researching and doing the research for her, but there's no actual way we can trace it back to us. But I think we did some investigating with AOC and one of her staffers reached out to Dolores, the researcher, about her work for some citation purposes. I think that's how it happened. Wow, that's also nevertheless, like, really amazing to be able to do that stuff and actually see some of the impact that of stuff that you're doing. And so, I guess, having seen that, how did that impact you? Did it make you feel like, I don't know, strengthen your purpose or anything of that nature? Yeah, it felt very rewarding, especially, so I started in April 2019, and then when 2020 and the pandemic hit, it made life feel different. The work what I was doing, the work that I was doing suddenly felt m more important than ever. And that's exactly how me and my teams viewed it because it was so directly tied to what was happening and all these crises that were coming up and everything was falling apart and it felt like we were contributing to possible solutions. So it felt very impactful and it definitely put my, my worldview into perspective. But one of the things that I've been coming to terms with lately is just how much that weight really is crushing. And this is coming from a person who has since left my last job, but I've realized that weight and that responsibility and that impact was almost suffocating. It was like, you can't get away from the realities of what was happening. It was like, you can't like work for most people is you log on and you do your stuff and then you log off and then you come back to the real world and you do your hobbies and your fun activities. But for me, it was 40 hours a week of reading the news, knowing very intimately what was happening. And especially with something like the American news cycle, it's very negative. It's not great. Um, and it was just very, it was just very like suffocating and very heavy. It was very heavy to constantly be dealing with everything that I worked on. A lot of the stuff that I worked on for the healthcare think tank was very sad. Like I was constantly working on pitching to reporters how horrible the U.S. healthcare system is and how much people are dying. And I remember my boss at the time was pregnant with her second child and we had to do a maternal morbidity report. And she was reading all this data about how many pregnant women or people like her were dying because they didn't have access to healthcare. Like you can imagine what that kind of work environment could lead to. And so eventually 
due to a bunch of other factors, I, I had to leave. I had to do something different. I had to do something fun. I had to do something boring, which I will admit now what I do is boring and it's great. <laughs> so it's definitely changed the way that I view the world, how I interact with others, but also how I interact with myself and what I choose to do for my career. Since then, I've decided probably I probably won't go back into the nonprofit or health world. I think it's really important and critical work. I think I just am not a person that can handle it. A lot of people at my last job are very strong-willed and are able to handle it. But for myself, at least at this point, I just needed something different. I can't be surrounded by negative news all the time. So yeah. Yeah, I bet. Especially like from the way that you're describing it, like how much energy you have to put into it. But you know, with public relations, you can't just leave. You're you're always needed and you have to work really never stops because, you know, the world doesn't stop. We didn't stop for the pandemic. We have to keep going. So I could definitely see how that impacts. But now that you have since moved on from that position, have you seen an improvement within your personal well-being? Oh, yeah, definitely. I used to have a bunch of different signs of stress. I used to have headaches a lot. I used to, I have a type of eczema on, on my hands. I That is a really itchy type of eczema. So I used to wake up in the middle of the night just scratching my hands. Like I was so itchy and it was very stress-induced. I don't have it anymore. And I didn't realize this till maybe a few weeks ago. But And then I was just... I, I just had a bunch of other behaviors that were very stress induced and I had a lot of anxiety more so than I've ever had. And so after leaving that position, I'm in a much better place now. I think my work is giving me a different kind of sense of value and overall I'm just like much happier. I'm glad to hear at least that that you're at least able to take care of yourself yeah, a little bit more now that you are in a different position. And I know as you're saying that even though for what it was worth, you like the impact of the previous position. It was just much to handle. And yeah, I, I certainly do believe that your personal well-being should yeah, should always come yeah, come first. And so I'm glad that you were able to make that tough decision for yourself and that it's starting to work out for you. Yeah, me too. And so I guess over the next several years, months and everything to go forward, what are your plans going towards the future? So that's a good question. I am, I think how I would describe my dream job is to, I have two paths in front of me, basically, what are my dream goals? I really want to do PR and communications in the realm of food. I Food is a big part of my life. My fiance's family owns restaurants. My family used to own restaurants. We have also done like a pop-up of food where we delivered food to people. We took orders and we made the food and delivered it to people. And um as someone who's had to support a small business, my fiance also does this for his parents. I think there's a really big need for a small business PR and marketing. And just, I really have a passion for food. And so I always tell people my dream job would be to like work at Yelp or something doing communications. I also really like internal communications. So working for an organization understanding their missions and making sure that their employees know the mission and feel it too and feel the company's values. So that's like one one route that I would like to take is, is bringing, helping small businesses and restaurants and food reach the reach consumers, reach more people. 
So that was one option for me in the future. And another option is for me to work in something related to Asian American advocacy or policy. I'm currently a communications graduate student at Johns Hopkins, and I was really interested in public affairs and public policy and how that kind of works with a communications background and not so much a policy background. Um, and so I'm very interested in doing something for the Asian American community. But one thing I'm afraid of is the similar impact that it might have on my mental health so from when I was working at the agency with all the foundations and nonprofits. But it's something I've always been passionate about as an Asian American. And that's another route that I see myself taking. I just don't know how I'm going to get there. But for now, in my next couple years, I am settling into this house that I just bought. I'm going to get married next year. And then, um, I don't know, maybe my career after that. Uh, I'm still only 25 and I have a lot of time left to figure out where I want to settle. But I'm happy right now just being in a very slow paced position, doing internal communications for a government agency. It's very relaxing almost compared to what I used to do. And that's it. That's what I have planned for the next couple of years. First of all, congratulations on was for now being in in graduate school, for being engaged and for your potential dog that you may get in <laughs> a year or two. Those are all really great yeah, things to be a part of. And so I guess as we're gradually wrapping this up, I did actually um, I am actually curious as to, so what really led the decision to go into the graduate program? It was mostly ego. It was just pride. And I'm realizing that now in my fourth semester or something. So my fiance has a master's in computer science. And this is what I always tell everyone. He has a master's. His sister has a master's. Both of their cousins that they grew up with have a master's. And I just told myself, I can't be the dumb one in the family. <laughs> And my sisters both have undergraduate degrees and one of my sisters started grad school, but she dropped out. So I just wanted to do it just to one up her because that's what a good younger sister does. And it's, I am still going back and forth on whether grad school is really worth it for a field like communications or PR. A lot of people have a lot of strong opinions about this, myself included. I could really swing one way or the other. But for me, it was mainly for myself. I don't believe it will advance my career in any particular way. I don't, I'm not going to automatically receive a promotion or a pay raise. It's not, it's not going to give me a significant jump ahead. I think it's more for myself to do a little bit more learning. I love learning about case studies, about other PR examples. I actually really enjoy reading research, if it's interesting. <laughs> I really enjoy doing research on so social so psychology. Yeah, social psychology and communications and the theories and examples and how they work and stuff. And so I, I really enjoy learning to some extent. I just don't like the deadlines, but that's mainly why I started grad school. And so I'm hoping to finish in the end of 2024 at this rate. I'm certainly wishing you all the best and continuing with your, yeah, you know, with your education and for sticking, yeah, for sticking with it. And I will say too that, yeah, having listened to your story over this past, actually a half hour is really like your determination to, to make a difference. And the fact that, that no matter what you're doing, that's always like your number one of what you do, whether intentional or not. And I find it interesting how you're, how you mentioned that you're trying to work to continue to make that difference, but at the same time also focus on your personal well-being as well. And 
like trying to strike that balance. And, and so I'm, and so, you know, whether online or offline, I'd honestly like love to hear you know, going forward, just really how you're able to maintain that balance. Cause I know that's certainly, I'm sure a tricky one to navigate sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's something that COVID taught all of us, right? Like it, that, like whatever, nothing matters. I've, I've screened that so many times in the last two years, none of this matters that I think it really helped us realize what does matter. And that's, that's personal to each and every one of us, but it really put things in, into perspective for a lot of people and including myself. And so I think I've come to realize like, I don't need to center my life around work. I don't need to define myself by my career and I can like what I do without having it, having my life revolve around what I do. And I think that's really important for people to, to realize, especially for people as lost as college students and new graduates. Like I've been there, I was very lost for a very long time. And I think it's really important to realize that your job doesn't define you and you can find happiness and success in a lot of other things. That is, that's just such a really great way to, to really bring this really full circle and, and such a great, like inspirational message to others listening and. I'm not sure if you actually know, but that's actually how I end out my podcast interviews is by allowing for, for the guests to actually, yeah, to share a piece of advice or life lessons. So would you like to stick with that one or would you like to add an additional one onto that? That's completely up to you. I will add one more. And that is to go eat food that you have never tried before. <laughs> And do it regularly. That one will be a tough one for me, but I will try my best. I will give that. Just do it. Just go do it. Pick a but restaurant. Yeah. Go. I will try to at least do that once before this year, 2022 is over. I will at least try that once. But once again, this has been such an amazing conversation. And I'm so glad that I had a chance to like officially get to meet you. I know we had spoken offline once before, but... It's been really great to have this really in-depth conversation, and I've absolutely enjoyed every bit of it. And so thank you so much for willing to do this. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast appearance. <laughs> Probably my last, but I appreciate the invite. I'm glad that I was able to make this experience for you. And it's something else to add to your long list of resume experience now. <laughs> yes, thank you. Oh, yeah, of course. And before I let you go, I did want to go ahead and provide you an opportunity if you have any like social media links or LinkedIn or any of the sort for you to go ahead and list it so people online can find you. If not, that's quite all right as well. I at least did want to provide you that opportunity. Sure. So I think on most social media, it's hang underscore underscore tran. It's my first and last name, two underscores in the middle. And then one other thing I'd love to plug is my future in-laws restaurant in Norfolk. For anyone listening in Norfolk, it's Golden Fortune Chinese Restaurant. It's on West Olney Road by the Chrysler Museum. Fantastic Chinese food. They hand prepare all of their stuff like 5 a.m. every day. They grind their own meat. They like I don't know. They do a bunch of other stuff. I don't even know. But I just wanted to plug their restaurant because they're very hardworking people that have really inspired me for anyone in the Norfolk area. Wow, that is great. And I'll actually have to try that out, actually. And yeah, definitely send me the information when we're done recording this. But like I said, this has been such a great conversation. And I truly wish you all the best in everything that you're doing, especially with maintaining 
that balance. And I just, I can't wait to see all the amazing stuff you do both now and in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Hey, of course. And have a great rest of your summer. And for those listening here as well, thank you all so much for tuning in and I'll catch y'all later. Have a great day and I'll see y'all next time.